Hello everyone. I started writing my script or guidelines that I use for my recordings for this episode about a month ago. And it started with something like this. It seems like I have the best ideas for the podcast when I wake up in the middle of the night. And I always say that I am going to have a notepad next to my bed to jot them down. But no, I haven't done this. And I am trying to remember what was in my mind last night. I remember it was something related to triggers, which came up as I was thinking about my recent trip to the country where I was born. After my parents passed, and due to the childhood sexual abuse I lived through there, I thought I would not visit after many years. I actually thought I was never going to go at some point. But vanity got the best out of me, and I decided to go to get plastic surgery. Yes, I admit it. I wanted to get rid of some excessive eyelid and necklines. But most importantly, and this is my truth, I thought I wanted to do something for myself. You know, give a gift to myself that no one else could choose for me. Something to do for me and no one else. So I did it. It is done. And this is the extent of my excessive vanity until the day I die. But this podcast is not to talk about vanity and gifts or silly or superficial things one feels like doing. No, this is to address the experiences I lived through and how it relates to my survivorship and to share this with you in hopes that the words will resonate with you and give you some sort of comfort knowing that you are not alone with your feelings and experiences. So yes, there is a connection here between both the surgery and my survivor quest. This experience started with the decision of doing the surgery and finding a female doctor, which I did. Then imagining or visualizing how things would develop when I travel what triggers I could encounter, and how I would manage them. I thought I had it all figured out. So I was as ready as I could be, and off I went on a trip overseas to the country that saw me grow up. And as the plane was landing, out of nowhere, I got a panic attack. I don't think I was having memories of what happened to me when I was a child or a teen, or was having flashbacks. It just happened. It just really hit me. A full-blown panic attack. Just knowing that I was landing in this country must have triggered it. Luckily, my son called me as I was already hyperventilating and talked to me while I went through it. It was what you can imagine. Horrible. Terrifying. People were already standing to get out of the plane, so I don't think many people notice. But that's not important. I did. I felt it. And I realized that all the reasons that got me to think that I would probably not go back were present and strong. The panic attack passed, and I made it out into my adventure. I want to put a twist of positivity 
or hope and tell you that I am impressed with myself for going through it all, for being brave enough to take my car rides to the doctor every other day and moving around as if I had no fears. Note, as if there is always that fear that walks with me, which I want to say or believe serves a purpose as it makes me more aware of my surroundings and less susceptible to the unexpected surprise. Anyway, that's as far as I went on my memories for this episode before I fell sick to COVID. Yes, after three weeks of travel and working remotely two of those, I got the virus which refuses to leave completely after a month. It was a good thing that I had two recordings ready before I left for this trip. Two recordings of the podcast, that is. Well, I thought I was immune to the virus because I never got it before. Even after being exposed face-to-face -face with my kids, friends, co-workers, neighbors, who knows who else. But I must gotten it when I was traveling in my stop in Florida or who knows. Point is, I got sick and it's taking forever for me to get rid of it. I'm still not 100%. So I'm back and I really hope I will be able to finish this episode for Sunday, August 20th for publication. And so sorry it took me so long to get back on it. Life has been really crazy with recovery and is still working and had a short four-day trip with my kids, which has been the energizer I needed. Okay, back to the podcast. I just told you this story about my trip, panic attack triggers and sickness, and I would like to move on to my reactions to the triggers and experience while traveling. First, I prepared for the worst case scenarios as I was going to spend time with some siblings there who were also visiting at the same time. I felt blessed that I was going to count with two of my sister's help. Well, things didn't go as expected. One of them and I had a very stupid argument. And I was reminded of what has become one of my mantras in life. And it is, live in peace and if someone disrupts it, step aside and go on. So that's what I did. I decided to leave and went on to my niece's home. And this to me is setting boundaries, making sure that nobody gets in my space, on my safest space, on my circle of peace. I don't want any negativity in my life. I don't want to be disrespected. And frankly, I realize now that I don't have to be the bigger person all the time and forgive and let go. Yes, it is nice to do it. And trust me, I was battling with it. I was like, okay, this is stupid. It's a dumb fight. And I mean, I'll just go on and talk with her. But no, I realized that I have felt so unfairly treated by my siblings in many occasions And because I wanted to keep peace, I would just let go and talk with them. Funny enough, some of them don't remember all the insults they have given me in the past. They don't realize that it wasn't my fault being sick when I was a child. 
likely the result of the abuse. You remember, the body keeps a score. And getting a lot of attention from my mom. They had or have no idea what this sexual abuse has done to my life, how I was robbed of my childhood and my innocence and my joy. They just don't know so much. But still, let me be clear, I love them very much. It is not their fault that they don't know or they didn't know what to do. Each of my siblings, exactly like me, have their flaws, but also outstanding personal qualities and surely their own trauma. So as much as I have been there for them through the years and likely will be in the future if needed, I am at a point that I will not take any disrespect from them. And if I need to step aside from their life, I will. And hopefully an apology will come one day. And if not, life will continue and I will continue to set healthy boundaries to keep my mental space safe. So that's my reminder on boundaries on this episode. Just to be clear, the trip was not all triggers and horrible memories. It also was awesome that my brother started talking to me out of nowhere, just like out of nowhere he stopped doing so. I still don't know why he stopped, but now it is the past and I am not about to start digging into it. What would be the point? I think when people are going through difficult times, in this case health-related, we realize that there are more important things than whatever misunderstanding may have existed in the past. Now all my siblings talk to each other, and yes, suddenly I lost connection with one of them, but hopefully it will not last long. Again, I will not keep doing the take the high road. At least that's what I think now. Also, another older sister was very kind in offering her home for me to stay. It just didn't work out because of the other stuff I told you earlier. One of my young nieces immediately showed me love without even a second thought and offered me to stay with her and her family. And finally, my brother also offered me to stay at his home. There's more to all this, but but the point is that it was not all negative and that there is always something good to rescue out of difficult situations. Hard to see it when you go through a rough time, but there is good together with the bad as well. Another thing I thought I could talk about after the overseas trip was body image. I asked myself if I was doing this surgery as a result of my feelings of disconnect and shame due to the sexual trauma. I thought about it in detail and I believe that it is not. I think it was just something I wanted to give myself. But I did think about how my body image was impacted by the abuse. When the abuse was happening, dissociation was the go-to response I had. I didn't feel safe and comfortable in my body, so it was better to let my mind take me elsewhere. Also, as I grew older, I had a mix of feelings about showing my body. On one hand, I knew I was an attractive young woman and I could feel very comfortable walking into any room wearing anything I wanted. On the other hand, I started wearing very loose clothes to hide my body and feel that no attention would be paid to me. It is a puzzle, really. 
I was confident in my skin, but fearful all the time. So sometimes it was best to just hide. I know many people who have body image triggers and the results of the trauma endured has affected them terribly. They have taken overeating or the opposite, excessive exercising, self-harming, or other behaviors that are detrimental to our health as a result of the shame and guilt that we have to deal with due to the trauma we went through as children. I hope we all remember at all times that what happened to us was not our fault. It was unfair and wrong, and we didn't deserve it. But know also that it is in our hands to do what we must to move forward and have a better life. We cannot live as victims or just survivors. We're warriors that can take on and take charge of our lives. We must work in finding our way to live peacefully and to learn to love ourselves, to care for ourselves, and to give ourselves the protection, love, and compassion we so much need and needed when we were kids. I do know in the depths of my heart that we can do this. And learning coping mechanisms takes practice. We must find ways to help ourselves through different self-care practices for our healing and emotional well-being. Finding relationships that will be supportive of us, not ones that will add to our challenges. Find ways to let our emotions come out in a healthy way, perhaps through our creativity, which sometimes we think we may not have. Love ourselves the way we are. We're magical and strong. We must find our power and continue in our healing journey. We can learn to trust again. We are resilient and strong, and we want to heal. Aren't we here after all? This to me is a sign that we want support and we want to continue in our healing journey. You can do this. Find your strengths and be proud of who you are. The strong man or woman who has survived the sexual abuse and who wants to get to a good place, and who has the strength to get to it. Even though sometimes it may seem almost impossible, you do have the strength to go on. You have the will to find ways to help yourself and make of your life what you want, or as close to it as possible. You've got this, I believe in you. Anyway, I feel like I've been rambling too much and that I better get this recording going and set it out for publication before I miss another week. So I will leave you for now. And I hope that nothing else will come up before the next episode in three weeks. Thanks for listening. Remember that you are loved and you can take on whatever it takes to make your life better. Believe in yourself. I send you my best wishes for bright days ahead.